Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Well, our headline calls it attack mode on Capitol Hill. Wall Street Bank CEOs opposing U.S. regulators' proposals for them to raise capital. Rules proposed back in July would require the big banks to increase their capital cushion by almost 20 percent. This would be to ensure that they can survive another financial crisis. Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon testifies here before the Senate Banking Committee. We can always have debates at the margin as to whether or not there are things that we can do that can strengthen the system. But a wholesale increase of 25% capital on the largest banks with lots of individual provisions that affect different activities, um, I think is ultimately punitive to economic growth and doesn't strike the right cost-benefit analysis. David Solomon, one by one, banking executives confidently told lawmakers their institutions were safe. They say that everyday Americans will ultimately pay the price if these tougher rules are enacted. Well, certainly was a big day for advanced micro devices. The company unveiled its new MI300 accelerator chip. AMD CEO Lisa Su told us the market for these types of semiconductors will climb to more than $400 billion over the next four years. And Su told us these chips will help develop artificial intelligence models. You know, if you're running these models, you can actually run more models or you can run larger models, um, you know, with uh, MI300. And, and right now, you know, the key to AI is GPU compute. I mean, that is absolutely what everybody says. And, and so we're here to provide lots of GPU compute. That is AMD CEO Lisa Su. By the way, AMD's chip launch is one of the most important in the company's five-decade history. And AMD is hoping these new chips will help it compete better with NVIDIA in that red heart market market for AI accelerators. Despite the news today, AMD shares were down about 1.3% in the regular session. Brian? Moody's Investors Service is now going after Chinese financial institutions. Bloomberg's Ann Cates with the story. Moody's cut its outlook for eight Chinese banks to negative a day after unveiling a bearish stance on the nation's sovereign bonds due to concerns about debt levels. Moody's also lowered its outlook on Hong Kong and Macau and placed 26 local government financing vehicles on review for downgrade. China has been defending its debt status with state media running articles citing experts who denounced Moody's understanding of the economy. In Washington, Ann Cates, Bloomberg Radio. Well, the European Union is expected to take a tough line with China when talks begin later today in Beijing. We have more from Bloomberg's Yvonne Mann in Hong Kong. It's the first in-person summit in four years. Sources tell Bloomberg the EU will push hard on issues ranging from industry overcapacity, market access, EV subsidies, and data flows. The EU wants to level the playing field with China. China is expected to push back on the EU probe into subsidies, and it will show opposition to the EU's drive to de-risk with Beijing. 
On overcapacity, Europe is concerned that Beijing's flagging economy will push China into exporting even more, and that would threaten critical industries in Europe and their workers. Ukraine is also expected to be a critical issue. In Hong Kong, I'm Yvonne Mann, Bloomberg Radio. In the meantime, Italy has officially told China now that it will exit the Belt and Road Initiative. Bloomberg's Joanne Wong has the story from Hong Kong. Italian Prime Minister Giorgio Maloney has been preparing for months to put an end to her country's involvement. Italy's foreign minister said the pact has not produced the desired effects and is no longer a priority. Italy was the only G7 country to join the pact as it looked to boost economic ties with China. But it has been caught in the middle of escalating tensions among Washington, Brussels and Beijing. Italy had until the end of the year to decide whether it would renew its involvement after its participation expires in March. The exit now may risk angering Beijing. In Hong Kong, Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Radio. And from the Bloomberg Terminal, Elon Musk's SpaceX has initiated discussions about selling insider shares at a price that we are told would value the closely held company at around $175 billion or more. Time now for global news. President Biden's request for Ukraine and Israeli funding has been blocked in the Senate. Ed Baxter with that story and more from the San Francisco 960 Newsroom. Ed? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Brian did not make it very far. A block kept the aid package from even advancing to the floor. Republicans have insisted, of course, that foreign aid must be paired with major border security policy changes. They've not reached consensus. But the White House says it is not time to cut aid for Ukraine and something will be done and go out now, National Security Council Coordinator John Kirby. This package includes more artillery, ammunition, uh, to help Ukraine defend their territory. And it includes more air defense capabilities to protect Ukrainian cities and infrastructure from Russian missiles. I said the other day we fully expect the Russians to go after the energy infrastructure. So this air defense capability is meant to help them uh, uh, defend against those attacks. But Kirby says this could be the last package unless Congress acts. Now, earlier in the day, President Biden said the world is watching and that this is a battle for freedom globally. Meantime, in the Senate, Republicans have the votes to block it. And meanwhile, Kirby says the aid is managing to get to Gaza as well. Conducted yet another U.S. military airlift of uh, 36,000 pounds of food assistance uh, and medical supplies. I think in the coming days you'll see yet another U.S. military airlift of aid and assistance going into Egypt to then to get trucked into Gaza. And says it's up to Hamas as to whether more can get in. Uh, this says Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says Israeli forces have surrounded the home of the leader of Hamas, Yahya Sinwar, and five Democratic senators are urging the Biden administration to impose more oversight over Israel's use of U.S.-supplied weaponry to make sure they don't cause more civilian casualties. Mass shooting at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Head of University Police Adam Garcia says the situation is contained. Officers immediately responded, engaged the suspect. The suspect, suspect at this point is deceased. There are multiple victims, though. The shooter was at Abim Hall, home of UNLV's Lee Business School near the Student Union. Leaders of the nation's biggest banks on Capitol Hill today in an interesting alliance uh, has formed now. Senator Elizabeth Warren says Congress, as well as a backing industry, very concerned about crypto funding, every kind of criminal activity, including funds in Iran and funding terrorism. When it comes to banking policy, I am not usually holding hands with the CEOs of multi-billion dollar banks, but this is a matter of national security.
And as we're reporting, J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon says if he was in position to do so, he would shut crypto down. Former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has announced today he is going to resign from Congress. We'll have more on that later this half hour, the last GOP debate before the Iowa caucus tonight. And Trump critics are focusing on his appearance on Fox last night at a town hall with Sean Hannity, where he said he would only be a dictator for one day, day one. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. Yeah, and referenced Al Capone. I often say Al Capone, he was one of the greatest of all time, if you like criminals. He was a mob boss, the likes of which Scarface, they call him. And he got indicted once. I got indicted four times. So back to dictator. No. Except for day one. Except for? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's not all. That's real. Global News, 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work passion and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Daybreak Asia and a closer look now at our top story. The heads of the big banks on Wall Street taking aim, their most direct swing yet, at plans in Washington to force the big banks to set aside more cash as a buffer against losses. Let's bring in Bloomberg's Sally Bakewell, Bloomberg U.S. finance team leader, uh, on what was happening today regarding this Wall Street testimony. Sally, a pleasure to have you on the program. So much of this feels like it's left over. It's yet to be resolved from what happened as a result of the uh, global financial crisis. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, well, for months, even years, banks have lamented that more regulation, lamented more regulation is, you know, problematic for them and can curb their lending to um, underrepresentative communities or um, hinder their lending to low-income borrowers. Um, and when regulators unveiled this new, these new capital rule proposals in July, which would require them to set aside yet even more capital, as much as 20% more as a capital cushion to guard against losses, well, that just intensified their arguments. And it also unleashed a kind of a lobbying blitz on behalf of the banks. Now, they have argued over and over again that this will curb their ability to lend. Um, and they've taken their fight to the mainstream recently even. They've commandeered advertisements on TV. They've peppered the financial press with ads against these capital rules. And we heard these arguments all again today. Jamie Dimon, the CEO of 
CEO of JP Morgan. He said it could hurt Americans. He mentioned Montana pension plans. Um, mm. We heard from the city CEO, Jane Fraser, who invoked farmers and said it could genuinely impact their ability to do business in a stable fashion. Um, and these are pretty emotional arguments that they're using with lawmakers yeah, who you can, represent voting constituents. You could see this as you know negotiating going on uh, behind the scenes, but instead the bankers here in this uh, particular environment going on the offensive and that's a big change i mean they've been on the defense really for the last 15 years so we're curious about the effect that it's having it seems like republicans are buying into it but what about congress as a whole Right. They they have been on the defense for a number of years. Um, and this is the time where they're really taking this to lawmakers, I think, underscoring quite how strongly they feel about these proposals. And their arguments, by the way, perhaps, you know, they could be criticized for not being entirely sort of genuine. Um, they say that uh, this will cause them to have to pull back on mortgages. Well, actually, the, the biggest mortgage providers in the country are no longer the biggest banks. Um, and indeed, that's sort of the Democrat argument that we hear from Sherrod Brown, is that actually banks will well be able to make the loans that they're saying they won't be able to make to small businesses, um, to mortgages to lower income borrowers, um, to underserved communities. Um, so, yeah, it's that, that, but that they're invoking these more emotional arguments because the court of public opinion isn't going to perhaps want to hear or be so sympathetic to perhaps what they really worry about, which is the impact of the capital rules on their markets business, like what trading. A, what about non-bank players? And I'm thinking of, not to use a pejorative term here, the shadow banking industry, when you talk about firms like Apollo or even Blackstone, could they be the beneficiaries? Absolutely. And this is another part of the bank CEO arguments. They say that these rules, because they will restrain again their lending, that will push a lot of the lending activity to the non-banks, to the shadow banks, who are, of course, outside of the regulator purview. And they use pretty strong language about this. Um, The CEO of Goldman Sachs, David Solomon, said that this could lead to financial shocks. Um, And Jamie Dimon, he said that this will cause a lot of risks to be unseen. And, of course, that's the sort of thing that happened just a few months back in March, where we had this huge unseen excessive interest rate risk. Mm. Even though we say in our story that the bankers went on the offensive, um, we also say that the tone was generally less combative than what we've seen in in the past. Uh, But is it fair to say that there's still a lot of politics involved? Definitely a lot of politics involved and, you know, how the election plays out next year will directly impact what these rules look like and these rules have a huge impact on the economy. Um, But yes, you're absolutely right that it was a less combative tone. Um, We had Senator Elizabeth Warren, who is usually the harshest of the bank critics um, and really goes out guns blazing. Well, she focused a lot of her questions on the crypto industry, which doesn't have that much to do with banks um, and whether uh, the industry should abide by the same anti-money laundering rules that banks do. And she won, you know, wholehearted agreement from the bank CEOs, which is an unusual and rare sort of moment of unity. But also, you know, important to note, the banking industry is cleaned up a lot of the problems that emerged in previous hearings. So such as overdraft fees or other sort of junk fees, as they're called, um, lots of those have been scrapped and those used to incur the wrath of lawmakers. Um, And of course, banks have also raised minimum wages like Bank of America did recently. And I think, um, you know, that some of those issues that used to create a lot of uh, the sparks have fallen away a little bit. So as I understand it, these higher standards are known as the Basel III endgame. I'm wondering how this would position U.S. banks, the big banks, with their global competitors. 
That's a really great question. Um, these rules, the bank CEOs say they go far beyond what their European competitors um, are doing. They say that they are more stringent, um, that they penalize the banks more, that banks have to set up, American banks will have to set aside more capital. And again, David Solomon, he said that this could really damage the, um, the, U, the competitiveness of US capital markets. There's also a timeline issue. Um, they're supposed to be doing these things to some degree in a um, sort of contemporaneous fashion. But if the US um, slips behind because these proposals are getting so much pushback and we've already had to extend the comment period to the end of January, well, this might impact how European um, regulators are trying to, to um, enforce their own um, versions of Basel III. All right, Sally, good stuff. Thank you so much for being with us. Sally Bakewell is a Bloomberg US finance team leader. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.